0: This program contains material that is to be used as a reference tool only. The content of this program is not intended to be a fully comprehensive legal or process reference and may not contain material that is suitable for all scenarios. All advertising must be reviewed by compliance before it is used. Opinions provided on this program are those of the program participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the American National Family of Companies and or its subsidiaries.
1: This is the American National Focus Markets Podcast. When we say markets, we're talking about people. Don't ever underestimate the power of your impact and your influence. Y'all represent the good,
0: strong building blocks of an insurance organization.
1: Let's start the show.
0: American National Focus Markets podcast for episode two on landscapers with agent Sean Rooney. Also joining us on the program is a commercial lines underwriter, Gene Sharples, in our Albany office, and a commercial ag field specialist, Valerie Eisenman. So for the three of you, welcome to the show. We'll go ahead and get started. um and We'll go ahead and get started here. Um, and and the, the topic of this show, really, um, we're going to continue to go through the selling process of the the commercial uh, markets here with the landscapers, but we're going to start out by really talking about that gathering information um, and analyzing the situation, those pieces of the puzzle. So really for Sean, where we're going to start is, Sean, um, what tools do you use for gathering information um, when you have a prospect?
2: In an ideal set of circumstances, I like to have their current declarations, i um, I always like to tell the the prospect, the potential client, this is just a good roadmap. I don't know that anything you have is correct, but at least it's going to show me what you do have, and maybe you can answer questions as to why. Um, as a newer agent, I wish I had used our fact finders more. I think as a new agent, you you have a tendency to think, if I use this, someone's going to think, I don't know what I'm doing. Quite to the contrary, it allows you to be really, really prepared and thorough. With the declarations pages, if you have them, do just that. Ask a lot of questions. Why do you have this? Is there anything missing? Is there anything that's here that shouldn't be? It, it makes you look good and quite frankly at the end of the day makes the current agent look bad.
0: So, so now at this point are you using the fact finder? Is that something that you utilize at this point or you've just done if, it so long if now? If the
2: declarations that- are completely unavailable, I may bring one out uh, a lot of times and, and I, I know one of the things we're going to be discussing is how, how to make this like more pain-free. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if time permits and they say, "Look, I got 20 minutes now," then it's just a pen and paper, and you've got to you know, be comfortable and know what our business owners policy does for landscapers, what what's on there, what's good for them, and and as you do it, it becomes more second nature just to ask, All right, "Well, tell me about your tools and equipment. What do you you know? Do you do any spraying? Is there? What are some of the things you guys do beyond regular mowing? Is there any?" You know, any hardscape work to do, They're just questions that become normal and natural. But I guess the answer to your question is no, I don't use fact finders a lot now because you find yourself getting a phone call or asking them when's good. Well, I got a half an hour now. Yes. Okay, I'm on my way. And, and, you know, you're doing what you can to accommodate.
0: So that brings me to my next question. So you, when you're, you're getting these opportunities, typically you are going face to face and meeting with them. It's not just over the phone.
2: Ideally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, in a, in a Perfect set of circumstances. That's what you're doing. If somebody tells you, hey, "Look, I got you. Again, you've got 15 minutes. We can do it now over the phone." Okay, I'll take it. And at some point, if you, you've begin, begun this relationship and things start looking well, you can kind of set terms, which is, "Look, I I know we're going to be good on price. Let's get a, a look at your loss runs. Uh, make sure that that's the case." And, and or Next meeting, I gotta I gotta sit down with you in person. We're we're certainly gonna move forward with this. Price looks right. We're better on coverage. You can start setting the terms because they're they want what you have.
0: Excellent. So and and again, that does bring me to the that um, pain free question. So, do you have any tips or things that you've learned that make it as pain free as possible um, for the client?
2: Yeah. I, again, ask them. How can I how can I make this easier? Well, you can come to me. I, I get back to my shop tonight at five thirty. Okay. Know that you're skipping dinner. Make a make yeah. call to home. It may cost you the extra hour on the front end, but you, hopefully you make a client for life. Ask them what you can make easier after hours, before normal work hours. Yeah, okay, you got some time when you knock off early on a Saturday, especially if you're a new agent, which you know, I'm only maybe five years in. Um, get used to that. You're probably working harder than someone a little more established, so nights and weekends.
0: Yeah. And I think that just goes to, you know, our original conversation when you talked about speaking the language of the contractor, of the landscaper, I think it's the same thing is this is a way to know your client. They're, they're probably during business hours are not going to be available. So if you want to market to these people and write business with these people, you're going to have to make yourself available when they're available. So evenings, weekends, those are probably times that are going to be more typical, um, typically open for, for these clients.
2: Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Whether it's a landscaper or any of uh, other of our uh, focused sort of markets, they're working during the day. Th- those guys, if they're looking to secure a new job, are probably seeing somebody after hours and on a weekend. They're, that's when they're writing up the estimate and meeting with their clients. So get used to doing it their way.
3: Take advantage of rain day, guys. I'm oh, yeah. Job. If it rains,
2: I, I don't know who said that. I absolutely agree with that as well. If, <laughs> if the weather's looking like it's shot, they can't mow. They can't work outside. Call them. Hey, I got time tomorrow. Uh, even if you had no intention of having time tomorrow, go see them.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's what I was going to do. I was going to kick it to Valerie. Say, Valerie, you know, you, you coach um, agents a lot um, in these situations and do joint field work. Um, do you have any tips or anything that you would want to bring up?
3: Uh, the- to be flexible if you're going to work that contractor's market these guys work outside so absolutely take advantage of those rain days and and you may have to rearrange your schedule a little a little bit but if you had a a you know saturday afternoon appointment with somebody and it rains on a wednesday pick up the phone call them see if you can't move that 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 they're going to have to make up ground on saturday afternoon now keep that in mind
0: I think that's excellent. So, um, Sean, are there any optional endorsements that you you find yourself recommending on a regular basis for a landscaper?
2: Anything? Yeah, some of them are no-brainers. I think if if they have uh, tools and equipment, you know that that um, installation tools and equipment coverage is great. And if you can't explain to them what it does, and maybe they have a tools and equipment floater, they've got something that's covering them skid steer and mowers while it's out there. If they do any kind of installations, it's likely they don't have. And even covering that business personal property that belongs to the client but's not installed yet and and they own that if they park a half a dozen trees in somebody's front yard and wake up the next day and they're not there. They don't have coverage for it. We offer that. That's one of the great ones. Like I said, the scheduled tools and equipment, uh, if they're big enough, you'll see a lot of non-owned tools and equipment. It rarely some employees' tools, those in particular are, are some of my favorites based on the size of the client. Valerie, do you have anything to add to that?
3: I'm going to Sean Sean, do you, do you use that new focus market extension endorsement for contractors that builds in the broad form, additional insured, broad form liability, that kind of stuff? Do you utilize that?
2: Yeah, again, for the right client, if they're large enough, um, I I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what the cost associated for that. Um, It's
3: it's usually um, only a couple hundred dollars over the extra, but it is rated on a per location basis.
2: There you go. Thank you, Uh, Gene. So so that has come up. So if you ask somebody, maybe they're asked every once in a while to have an, an actual additional insured, which I think is maybe $50 a piece. They're fine doing that. Ask them to spend more than that. No. But if they've got if they've got a half a dozen a dozen places that they work at that that's required, that's another one that's a a, a no brainer. Um, one of the other ones that it just occurred to me that I do like the errors and emissions occurrence um, for landscape designers and arborists is is nice something that I don't see a lot on a lot of other policies we're competing with. And again, once you explain to these guys what what that does, what that offers, it, you know, it'll raise an eyebrow eyebrow and They'll say, "Well, I don't have that now, and they're usually okay with a couple extra bucks for adding it.
3: The other good thing is the herbicide pesticide uh, Valerie, do you like highlight that for your agents or yeah <clears throat> i do i do um i I like the herbicide pesticide um if if they're doing any kind of application the landscape E&O, you know, if you guys have a story to tell it really helps helps bring that one out you know just but have a Story. Even if you have to make the story up for a while, things like the, the, the landscape design, the plantings got too far to the road. The bush grew up too 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 bushy, mm-hmm. was blocking views and creating um, creating accidents. That's what this, this that's what this takes care of. This is what this helps. Um, we're we're liable for what we put out as as landscapers. So have have some stories to help illustrate it.
0: Gene when when a new agent let's talk about since it's not experience is looking up and wanting to know what all endorsements are available are they using um Farm or Reference Connect for that is that the the best place for them to find that information
3: It it probably is um I'm trying to think of like a you know you know our underwriting guideline has certain um endorsements that we list but it's more to say hey you need to refer this to an underwriter if you're going to use this endorsement, um, like the blanket additional insured. Um, it might explain to you when it's appropriate to use the contractors and when you can't uh, use the contractors, uh, for instance, if, if they're doing snow plow. Um, we don't allow the blanket additional insured. So. The underwriting guide will help you once you've kind of looked at the various endorsements um, that you would like to include. But, you know, picking up the phone and just chatting with your underwriter, they they would happily tell you this, you know, here's the high test, here's the low test version of what I've sure. seen. So.
1: A new focus market endorsement flyer for contractors is now available on Marketing on Demand. You can personalize it with your contact information and choose from six different images to feature at the top of the first page. This focus market endorsement flyer for contractors joins three others currently available which support retailers, restaurants, and service offices. What other marketing materials do we have available for contractors? Glad you asked. We have the flyer, letter, postcard, and numerous loss prevention tip flyers. To locate these materials, type in the word contractors or focus markets in the search bar of Marketing On Demand.
0: Let's kick it back to Sean. Sean, you know, at this point, really what I'd like to discuss is cross-selling opportunities and when you're looking at an account. And from your experience, um, is it really just cross-selling that you're seeing with um, other products in that kind of commercial portfolio, or are you at this point already trying to identify whether or not they could be a personalized client or life insurance is, um, tell me a little bit about that thought process and if if this is when you start um, putting that together
2: yeah absolutely almost from the get-go uh, life sales director Doug Carroll's got a great approach when it comes to it doesn't even appear to be cross selling and when you present it this way it's a, it's a great way to have those conversations <clears throat> One of the phrases he likes to use is look, before we even get started with this, I just gotta gather a little bit of information about you. I I gotta know what we're protecting. We sort of glaze over the million, two million dollar limits when we get started. Um, typically that's what they have on the policy. But if you present to them the idea of, look, that's what you have. I don't know if you need that much. Maybe you need more. I gotta know a little bit about you. So before we even get into that, I gotta get some personal information. And it unlocks a couple doors to just how much they're willing to provide you, and you just ask some of those natural questions at the beginning. Lead into your fact finder, going over the declarations with them, and even as you're wrapped up doing that, it's you've just got a potential client talking. They're starting to feel comfortable with you. You know who, who handles your personal lines? Who insures your home? Who insures your auto? It may be the same agent if you've put enough cracks in that foundation by picking apart what's on the the declarations, what's covered, what's not covered, something that should have been removed there, they're they're volunteering information that is truly helpful for the purposes of what you're looking at now on the, the commercial account and for what they're willing to do if if you have a shot at, at writing some of the personal lines. And they may say, oh, look, I'm really, really comfortable with the home and auto. We've had them with those people for 20 years. Okay, that's fine. But let's review that and make sure it's right. You don't have to place it with me, but I still got to know that it's done correctly.
0: And our statistics show that 50% of of business owners bundle all of their insurance together. So that's something for the agents out there that are just trying to break into these markets. 50% of clients bundle that are business clients bundle all of their insurance together and that the average um, account premium for an account that has a BOP with American National is $6,800. So that's just some statistics out there to kind of reinforce um, that cross-selling opportunity out there. So let's kick it over to Gene and kind of um, wrap it up with some underwriting stuff um, for this portion. But what are um, some things an agent should be on the lookout for when gathering information about a, a landscaper? And what I'm looking for are like hard stops or things that would instantly have them running to you, basically, to make sure that they're um, that that this is an eligible risk.
3: Well, um, in underwriting, we love landscapers. We do uh, so many landscapers. I think my fingers are turning green. But um, they, um, landscapers, will try to do things that um, are maybe outside of quote unquote landscaping: snow plowing, tree work, masonry work, carpentry, stairs or decks, the herbicide, pesticide applications that we talked about. So as you're uh, looking at these, um, look at the exposures that are a little higher, like the tree work. Uh, Tree work is a little tougher. Um, And so you want to have that dialogue with your underwriting. Snow plow without prior uh, insurance coverage is probably a hard stop. So it's not that you can't do the landscaper. It's just that we'll ask you to place the snow plow somewhere else which uh Sean you could probably speak to how costly that is. Very. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh so our our commercial snow plow in the northeast uh goes for about $750 a year versus I've seen it 2 to $6,000 for other carriers. So if you can get that story together on that snow plow operation for your underwriter it would definitely help you out masonry work um which is all fine they they want to do sidewalks or patios some landscapers will start getting into um work around pool area and which is all fine as long as they're not doing the pool uh landscapers will do a lot of water features which are fine as long as they're not getting into swimming and you know pool type uh operations So as you, you know, ask them about their work, look at their website and see what they offer. And websites are marketing tools. So some of the things that they're offering, they may be subbing out. As far as hard stop, it's really, um, you know, we'll we'll try to work with you to write it and see what we can, um, you know, pick. You may have to refer this to an underwriter, though, if you're getting into those higher hazards.
0: So, Is that, is that helpful? Sure, absolutely. That was good. Does anybody else have anything they want to add to that?
3: Um, I want to back just a little bit. And while you're gathering the information, I think it's to help set the stage for cross selling, um, confirm how that business is owned. Um, I ran across one actually yesterday I was working on that the... the 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 current deck pages had it in the individual's name. It's it's a partnership um, mm-hmm. between two between two people. So make sure that you have that the ownership correct and mm-hmm. and and check your secretary of state if it's an LLC right. that kind of thing so that we have that. And then you can also start talking about things like, all right, So what happens? You know, if, if Joe gets hit by a bus tomorrow night and can't come to work, how's that going to affect your business? Are you now in, in business with Joe's wife? Do you have a buy-sell set up? What does that look like? Is it funded? Mm-hmm. And and set some of those stages for, for some of those life sales. Yeah, and also uh, oftentimes a sole proprietor will say, I don't need workers' comp because I'm a sole proprietor and my particular state doesn't require that. That's not true of all states, but some states say that. And uh, I hear a lot of agents selling disability policies. Uh, to those people instead of a workers' comp policy. Is that is that does that track with your knowledge, Sean? Or
2: with a, a sole proprietor, they'll go get a workers' comp policy if somebody tells them they have to. Otherwise, they're just interested in it. Right. Um, I do like bringing that up in conversation. Well, you're you're a one-man operation. Maybe got a or you're going to part-time. You hire at the peak of the summer when you need somebody to mow, or at the peak of the fall when you've got cleanup. But other than that you're not covering yourself with this comp policy or you are probably not going to respond to you very well. And that's a great disability conversation. Disability will cover them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even when they're not working. It'll cover them better. It'll cover them them cheaper and, and pay them much better. And there's Illinois Mutual's got a fantastic product for, for, for our focus market groups. Um, again, but back to the workers comp, they'll get it if they're required to, it's a ghost policy. It's not covering anybody. If they are maybe just a one man operation, if they do have a part timer, it's not covering themselves. It is. I see a lot. I'm going to keep saying that that ghost policy. They've got a, a, a policy that they, that, that just shows up on a certificate that they can hand to somebody so they can work at a location or get a job. It's, um, It's an interesting
0: little dichotomy. And for the listeners out there, if you go to the sales tools section under education development, you can find the advanced markets online or ammo section. And on that section, there's a lot of information about business insurance, disability, some tools out there to help. If you're not really familiar with that, you can also reach out to your life sales director and they can help with that as well. So let's kick it back to Gene. Um, Jean, um, there's a couple, and I'm going to ask some basic questions because these do come up sometimes, but um, when should equipment be blanket or scheduled on a policy?
3: Well, um, as far as our blanket coverage is concerned, it does have a limit of $10,000 per item. So if you've got uh, some uh, mowers can be more than, I've seen them like 15000 Sometimes they'll have chippers that can be, 20,000 that they're using to um, take away brush, etc. So, um, just you know, ask for a schedule of uh, inland marine uh, tools and equipment. If if they have anything larger than ten thousand, otherwise, um, usually our basic tools coverage the three thousand per job per um, all all jobs and uh, in transit will cover the majority of these small landscapers for most of their exposures. And as they get larger, you're, you're going to anticipate that they're going to have some kind of equipment
2: that will have to be scheduled. And okay. just to interject, the 10000 that Gene is talking about, if you were to put $20,000 worth of blanket coverage on, they got two two mowers that are 10 apiece. That's where that's topping off. What I've seen a lot in policies is caps at 2500 So somebody will have $20,000 worth of blanket, have two $10,000 mowers like that, and I love being able to point out to them, hey, it says right here, I don't know if you ever noticed, yeah, you got $20,000 worth of coverage, but those two big mowers, if you lose them, they're stolen, whatever it is, you're getting 2500 apiece and that's it. Again, you're getting big eyeballs and you've made a friend.
0: That is excellent, guys, for sure. Um, So uh, another follow-up question for you, Gene. Who should be considered an additional insured on the policy and what options are available?
3: Well, I think Sean kind of talked about this earlier, but um, as far as um, usually when someone wants to be named as an additional insured, it's a landlord or it's usually a commercial customer, very seldom I see it where um, they're doing a residential home and they're asking to be named as an additional insured. It does happen from time to time. So if your landscaper is doing commercial work like conduct, condominiums, apartment complexes, uh, offices, businesses, etc., uh, then they're probably going to need that additional insured. We talked about the contractor's extension form that gives you the blanket um, additional insured for written contracts but it is just premise operations so additional insureds have two different types of coverage forms products and completed operations and premise operations and sometimes you'll see contracts that come for some of those commercial uh, businesses that are asking for both so they're asking for the o- the BP0450 which is the additional insured for premise ops, and they're asking for the BP-1402, which is the products and completed operations uh, additional insured endorsement. There are blanket endorsements that are available. We, we talked about the contractors. There's also a SB-0019, which is a blanket premise ops, additional insured. And um, it is available, but it's more expensive than the contractors. So I usually try to direct my agent to adding the contractors unless my contractor has four or five different locations because then it can get as costly as the uh, other blanket. And then there's the blanket completed ops, which is SB0086. I'm starting to see more um, requests for those completed ops. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, you have to have a premise op before I will add the completed ops. So you have to have uh, both. And the completed ops can be expensive compared to the premise ops. So Sean was talking about oh, you really don't want to add a blanket until you have four or five additional insureds because it's only $50 a pop. Um, however, with the completed ops, uh, and, and once again, I'm speaking in the Northeast, so I'm not sure how pricing is throughout the country, but in the Northeast, uh, completed ops, additional insureds can go for 100 to 150 every time you add one. So that might make the blanket completed ops more cost effective sooner
2: <laughs> than, Gene you and I worked on one where I had a uh, not related to landscapers this was a uh, HVAC mechanical contractor who's probably got God, somewhere between 30 and 50 additional insured where their name is yeah. required, and that's exactly what it is.
1: great. Right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the American National Focus Markets Podcast. Links to items mentioned in this program can be found in the show description. If you have show ideas or suggestions, please email us at Podcast at americannational.com.